3: Now. Mm. And it don't take no x-ray to see right through my smile I know I'll be on the go And mm. it ain't no drink out there that can numb my soul Oh no, All we want to do is take the chains off All we want to do is break the chains off All we want to do is break the all we want to do is be free All we want to do is take the chains off All we want to do is break the chains off All we want to do is be free All we want to do is Can you tell me why? Every time I step outside I see my niggas die I can kill my soul. Oh no.
2: There ain't no gun they can make that can kill my soul. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. If you are a regular listener to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, you know anytime we start with the J. Cole Be Free, we've added to the numerous hashtags in our community, shamefully, unfortunately, hashtag Ron Small, hashtag Alton Sterling, hashtag Philando Castile, hashtag Latest Terrence Crutcher, hashtag Keith Lamont Scott, hashtag Tyree King. It's a moment of silence for those names. This year in 2016, because we are the show that deals with both sides of anything that we deal with, there's been 38 officers who've lost their lives to gun violence while on duty. Moment of silence, and that'll go regards as well. Very unfortunate. We all know us or. Experience and are watching on the news, thoughts go out to those in Charlotte as those protests and situations going on. If you're a long-time listener, you know we're not going to do two hours of what y'all are watching every day right now for the past week. with Those very unfortunate situations, we try to be your place of solace at times like this so unless we're going to bring a different angle than what you can see already in the national media, um, we we don't necessarily touch the subject. And when, in, when that 24-hour news cycle runs out and those people need to be remembered, maybe we'll do it at that time. But, again, just wanted to send some thoughts out to those families. Today's show, dear black man and black woman, can't we just get along? And I'm fortunate enough to have, a special guest in the studio with me this one, this morning. Sister, I follow vividly on Facebook. In my opinion, she's a Facebook superstar. I don't know what she considers herself, but I'm fortunate enough to have uh, Sister Queen Sarah Lena in the online with me this morning. If you will, say hello to all the true seekers out there. And, and peace if you will,
4: family. Peace I'm sorry, family. say it again. The Peace Family. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, definitely, 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 yes. So again, thank you for coming on this morning with the truth seekers, um, Sarah. And if you will, uh, again, I call you a, a Facebook superstar. So I don't know how necessarily how you got to start, but I quite often follow your uh, videos, um, just basically giving knowledge and spreading that wisdom to our community. So if you will, just give the truth seekers out there that are listening uh, a little bit of your background. I just got my co-host on this morning as well, so let me go ahead and. Um welcome my co-host Christy Gaynell on this morning. Say hello to our special guest Sarah Lena. And she gets and say hello to each other real quick. Good
4: morning, hey, Serena. Hi, how are you, are you today? <laughs> I'm for well, Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me.
2: So yeah, if you will, Sarah, if you will, just give people a little bit of background before we go into today's discussion. Um, dear black man and black woman, can't we just get along, if you will? Just give them a little bit of your background.
4: Okay. Um, I studied criminal justice and psychology. I self-studied since the passing of Sandra Bland. I have self-studied the history of our people to better learn the condition we are in as a people. Um, I am a mother, a lecturer, and an activist here in Virginia.
2: Hey. Love it, love it. So before we go into this morning's topic, um, again we, we have a lead with the J Cole be free. It is a reference to again, as I said, the latest hashtags are out there. So if you will, um, just quick thoughts uh, with you, Sarah, on what happened this week. Just a quick thought on that, and then I'll go to you, Christy. I believe that
4: everything that is happening now is. Is part of a mass awakening for our people and I think that some of it is also propaganda to have our people play into the hands of this system that really wants to perform martial law and I think that our people are some of them are actually following into the trap. but and I think that a lot of us are reacting emotionally instead of logically and but it is really sad what is going on, and I think that it it needs to stop. And until we unite and come together and organize, it's not going to stop. If we just continue right, the same cycle you. over and over again, and yep, we thank just you for continue, right?
2: Okay. <laughs> no, absolutely, uh, Christian, if you will, just give a quick thought before we go to our first break and get started on this morning's discussion question, but again, I definitely wanted to at a minimum acknowledge it since we're not doing the show that a lot of people would expect us to do. So, Christy, if you will, uh, what are your thoughts on this, the happening this week? Again, um, just basically a revisit of what we've been doing, I'm pretty sure. But again, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm just
4: disgusted right now with all the... It's um, getting to the point like it's it's not even a matter of you know, see it anymore. I don't think I think it's just. I think um a lot of what I guess
2: that's true. But I think there's also um I think we hey Chris Again, I think we may have a bad connection again this morning. So I may have to have you call back in. Um but I think I definitely heard you say ultimately uh, utter utter disgust. Um again it's, it's I would say it's sad that we're revisiting this, but again, a lot of as we quite often say, as we're even talking about these situations, uh, we know that it's just more cameras. It's nothing new. It's nothing more. It's just more cameras. Um, so, um, Christy, if you will, just because I think we got a bad connection, I don't want to do that throughout the show. Give me a go ahead and drop off and call back in, and I'll get you back on. Um, and I'll just give a quick thought before we go to the break. And um and and it's just a, I mean I'm at, I'm to the point now, Sarah, Sarah, where I can't even watch the videos, um, on the Mental Dialogue Facebook page. I mean, we we've been doing this for so long, and I I remember I used to go and research these type of things as you said in a sense self study to a certain extent, and I remember years ago I would put these things these same scenarios up on Mental Dialogue Facebook page and nobody would pay attention, and so. As you said, it is a, it can be, as sad as it is, an opportunity for some sense of an awakening. Uh, but what I'll say is for me personally, for my spirit, having, in a sense, been going on this path to a certain extent a little longer than some, most people, um, again, I can't even watch the videos. I can literally, literally just hear the descriptions and know exactly what happened and typically can come on any week and talk about a video as if I've seen it because it's just a repeat, a repeat of the same damn cycle. Literally. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, but I hope I um seriously well just to make sure you know, I'm gonna have a good connection with you. Can you hear me clearly? I just want to make sure everybody's all clear.
4: I can hear you. Yes.
2: Okay, good. All right. Yeah, I can hear you very well. Okay, Chrissy, did you get back on before we go to break? All right, maybe she's cutting off to come back on. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started with this morning's discussion question. Dear black man and black woman, can't we just get along as we go to our first break? When we come back, we're going to get hot and heavy into this sub, subject. Uh, there's obviously, a lot of angles that we can go. I think we'll be interested for all of you out there on the line. We're going to open up the phone lines later in the show and let you guys get on in as well. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Live in Executive Cuts. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think.
1: I get my haircut at Executive 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 Cut. Come to Executive Cuts where everyone's welcome. The
2: service that I get here is the best around Cobb County. I think everyone should come. Comfortable environment, teacher real good, good service. And you get what you want with your hair.
5: That's the best cut I've ever
1: had since I've been here in Atlanta and Cobb County. So I never go anywhere else. Whether you got braids Dreads, cafes, or ball heads, comes Executive Cuts, the best one.
0: Executive Cuts,
3: located on Cobb Parkway, just south of Dobbins.
6: Ladies, have you ever gone into a wig store looking for a new look and had to settle on something that wasn't quite you? Girl, stop. Don't ever do that again. Instead, go to braidedwigs.com and get wigs for us by us. Not only do they have full lace braided wigs, but dreadlock wigs. Girl, they even got kinky twist wigs. These wigs look so natural, people won't believe it's a wig. Even after you tell them. I mean, if you tell them. Young, older, in between. BraidedWigs.com. High-quality, long-lasting, original hand-braided wigs. Shipped directly to your doorstep. Tell the mental dialogue sent you and receive a discount on your first wig. BraidedWigs.com.
2: This is not your average with company. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Christy Gaynell, as we have special guests in, on the line with us this morning, S- Sister Queen Sarah Lena. And today's discussion question, dear black man and black woman, can't we just get along? And, Sister, again, we're very fortunate to have you on this morning. When you first reached out to you and we're asking that question, so where I want to start with you and Christy is just an idea. Do you think there are issues in our community, generally speaking, between, generally speaking, not for every everyone, but generally speaking as a community, are there, in a sense, seemingly some ongoing problems that that? that doesn't allow us to, in a sense, get along. whether it's just from the basic relationship or even within a more personal relationship. What are your thoughts with are there any issues or problems with this question as I ask it? And I'll start with you, Sarah.
4: Absolutely. There are many problems, I think, that we are being, we see no value in each other in a lot of ways. There is a lot of jealousy and envy towards Sisters and brothers, actually, not just the black man and the black woman, but sisters feel that same way towards each other. Brothers feel that same way towards each other. As a whole, as a community, we have been conditioned and we are still being programmed to, like I said, to hate each other, to see no value in each other, to be in competition with each other. And it has a huge effect on our families, on our relationships, and it's a problem, definitely.
2: Christy, I'll uh, see if we got you back on the line, hopefully clear. Um, what are your thoughts when you first heard to this week's discussion question? Any thoughts on are there any issues between, uh, generally speaking, the black man and the black woman?
4: Well, of course, I think there's issues between the black man and the black woman. Um, I think a lot of those issues have to do – a, a lot of it's, you know, propaganda, a lot of it's by design – um, a lot of it has to do with the fact, you know, so many of our black men have been imprisoned and the people, their families have been led to believe that um, that they're at fault for those choices, that it's their mistakes that got them there. And that's not even the whole truth, but that in itself causes so much division between the, the people within the community because you keep wanting to blame the victim. And I think that is one of the primary issues that we have in our community is that instead of supporting each other, we want to blame and victimize each other for something that's being done to all of us.
2: A strong thought, strong thoughts. So what about this? What about, so in looking into this question, because quite often and throughout our lives, Whatever the issue is, is almost like I used to. I remember I wrote a piece years ago, and I basically made the reference to walking down the, in a sense, the news aisle and, you know, in a grocery store, for example. And it seemed like every week, some other magazine was dealing with, in a sense, some some problem that we as the black community have. And then when we kind of break it down to this bare basics, uh, do you think our dysfunction, if you want to use that word, for some of the things that you both spoke to, do you think is higher than other groups, or are we, in a sense, kind of looking at ourselves a little too harshly? We just want to kind of hear some quick thoughts on that, because I can agree with everything that y'all said, but is, is are our problems any different than others? What are your thoughts on that? And I'll start well, with you I, again, Sarah. Yes. Yeah.
4: I think that we face the same issues that every other race has, you know, our financial issues, educational issues, you know, like as far as our children, raising them. But we have other obstacles that have been indoctrinated in us that make it harder for us. We have had, like, if you look at slavery and Jim Crow and all of the obstacles that we've had to overcome, there's so much that has caused us like I said, to compete with each other and see no value in each other. And like the sister said earlier, we have so many brothers that are incarcerated, and our men pick up half of the population of, or half of the prison population, and then we also have the unemployment rate that is almost double that of Caucasian. And so all of these things together, they make our families powerless and and incapable of stability. And so this is something that other races have to deal with, but it's nowhere near as harsh as our reality, what we have to deal with. And so I don't think that we're being hard on ourselves. That's just the reality of it. And it's not something that we put ourselves in this position. We were put in this position by our Caucasian, you know, counterparts. So. Hey,
2: definitely. Um, good points again from both both of you. Um, Christy, did you want to jump in on that? Cause he, she, she stated it perfectly. I was, okay, was going to say
4: good. pretty much the same thing.
2: Okay, that's why I wanted to check. Okay, so with that said, um, Long-time listeners, Christy, you know in mass incarceration or whatever, because we know how devastating it is to our community. And Christy, you, as you say, you brought that to the forefront. And I've always said, and I just matter of fact, I just said that to this this morning because I've been up, um, all, had a million a dollar live live experience last night out in Northonia, and so I was up last night with that. And I just said to somebody this morning conceptually when it comes to mass incarceration and the role it plays. And even in this morning's discussion is the idea, a lot of people never think about this, but we do, a lot of us have heard this number and it is true that one in three black men will spend some time in the federal prison system. And so I always offer for people who are saying like, well, what, you know, you know, be personally responsible and don't get into those situations. And I just basically say there is no culture or race or group of people anywhere in the world that could survive one-third of their men moving in and out of the prison system. But, again, we could talk about a lot of problems that are associated with with mass incarceration. But with that said, if I can compartmentalize that part, you still have the majority of the community that has not been affected by mass incarceration, you know, and some of the things right. that we're talking about. And and so what I, my question now becomes, so we still seem seemingly still have this problem, even for, you know, the, the relationship between myself and a, and a sister. And I've ne- I, I haven't seen the inside of a prison. I haven't been faced with the issues that y'all just brought to the forefront. There are definitely issues that we deal with when it comes to racism for all of us. Um, but, For those of us who haven't been touched by that system, we are out here, in a sense, still having these issues amongst
6: ourselves,
2: just basically. Go ahead, Christy.
6: The thing is, is
4: we would like to say that there are some of us who haven't been touched by that system, but the reality is we have all been touched by that system. Even if we've never been in the system, we have been affected by the system. Um, Not just that system, but the system of behavior that you believe that you have to uphold and live according to so that you don't end up in that system. And then you have the system of dealing and interacting with people on a daily basis who are victims of that system, whether it's their fathers, their brothers, their uncles, whoever is in that system. And they have all of these ideologies attached to it. And then you have the issues of people who are being raised by single mothers. I don't know if you were raised by a single mother, Montoya. I think maybe you were. But that in itself creates problems in the black community because when you're raised by a single mother, it does not teach you how to be in a relationship, in a marriage, and it does not teach you the benefits of being in a marriage because what you see is your mother looking for a mate looking for a partner, but you see her actions as attention-seeking behavior because she's trying to attract somebody. You don't see the benefits of a building. You don't see the benefits of growing. You don't see the benefits of partnership. You don't see the benefits of creating. So we've got a society of people who don't understand what a relationship is. All they see is that they're supposed to go out and try to have sex with Somebody of the opposite sex to prove that they are worthy.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, go well, ahead, so, so, so you, Jump when in.
4: When you When you have oh, I'm, sorry, a, I'm sorry. Let me, let me uh,
2: finish, Christy. I'm sorry. I, didn't know I was you, just going to talking. Go ahead. When
4: you When you When you have that, when you have people coming out of that, even if you came out of a two-parent home, if you find a partner or you find somebody that you're attracted to that came out of a single-parent home, then you two are unevenly yoked because your mindsets are different, right? So you might be trying to make the relationship work, but this person, because they were raised by a single person, doesn't understand what relationship is so you have this breakdown where you're trying to be the the head or the leader that your father taught you to be and this person has watched a mother be the head and leader of the household their entire life. So they think that it's their job to be the head and the leader because that's what they saw. So now when you try to make this arrangement work, you've got two people trying to be the head or the leader of the family, and they don't understand why they're clashing because they love each other. But there's so much more in a relationship than love, and there's not really the understanding and the ability to articulate that there are fundamental differences in how we were raised that we have to work through in order to establish something new between us.
2: Chris, so, I need to come a on the stuff. show and tell my li- my life story on why I don't have a wife yet.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: I'm just saying hypothetically that's what I might be saying for the rest
2: of the show. So y'all might have to just do it without. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Chris, I can't believe my mom called the show. I can't believe you don't know. It was just me and my my mom who did an amazing job with me. So, but at the same time, raised in a culture and a family understanding, or at least I think I understand, in a sense, as you said, that man who wants to lead, and I definitely find a lot of clashes with that. But um, Sarah, I definitely want you to jump in and get your thoughts. As, as Christian and made me sad for the rest of the show, so I don't know if I can make it <laughs>
4: Oh, she said it all. I completely agree with what she said. Um, Even if you have not actually been in prison or in that system, like she said, it really affects all of us. Because, like she said, even if we still have to pretend, we have to be not threatening. We have to make sure we don't come off as criminals or thugs or we have to make sure we speak a certain way address a certain way. And because of these stereotypes now, we are all looked at as people that are affected by that system. So they're going to think of all of mothers as single mothers or ratchet mothers or or baby mamas with several baby daddies or something like that. They're going to look at brothers as criminals and thugs and thieves. And and so we all have to put on this, this white face or whatever and this white voice to make sure that we aren't seen that way. And it also, There's affects, also like, oh, like No go ahead. No, go ahead. That's we no, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I'll wait. But also like she said, if you are even if you aren't in that system, but if you meet someone that was affected by it, like you said, mentally, you're both going to be, you know, it's not it's going to be dysfunctional in sense. Because let's say that I was raised in a single parent home. But I'm with a man that wasn't raised. I might have an independent mentality because my mother has an independent mentality, and now he can't understand why I want to pay for my own meals or why I don't want help doing certain things. Where a sister that was raised with both both mother and father, she was, you know, has a more a different approach to how she can how to deal with a man. Some of us really have an independent. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: I'm finished. No, no, you're good. Well, that's what I'm saying. All, but that, that's the era that we that we we're raised in, most of us. I think, I mean, I'm 42 and you don't have to tell your age. But I know me and Christy are close in age, and so um, not to tell her age either, but she looked great for her age, which all sisters with melanin do, so it is what it is. But I would just say that knowing that we're, in a sense, from the same era, we've come up in that, that independent era, and so sisters are getting, in a sense, taught to do that, and as I said, Christy gives my life story from the, just from the standpoint of at least thinking I have some understanding how, in a sense, how to play my role. I find it very difficult dealing with sisters who don't understand that, and I don't want to sound like I'm blaming. And the reason, and I'm, and the reason I'm saying it is because um, it is that cycle of our men being taken out. So y'all are absolutely right. <laughs> And that's why I want to end mass incarceration so bad because right. the, the reality is not only do the sisters not see that example, but as men, as boys, typically we don't get to see the example of how to truly be men. So it's almost like a a, a double-edged sword in the sense of, yes, I'm out here looking for it, but at the same time I also know that the sisters quite often, y'all' deal with a lot of boys who have no idea how to be a man if you even if y'all are wanting them too so I wanted to kind of have you both wanna, address it from both sides of it go ahead
4: I want to comment on the criminal system first before we before we get to that I wanted to point out that um even within the criminal system once we we we've so been socialized to see anybody who's been arrested as a we a criminal you know what i mean like you like you you had to make the distinction that you'd never seen the inside of a prison and that in itself is sad because we that that kind of perpetuates the idea of this stereotype that we have that anybody who has seen the inside of a prison system is guilty of some kind of criminal offense or guilty of some kind of wrongdoing or you know what i mean like we so even these these men whether they are falsely accused whether they are wrongly accused whether they're framed whether they're up uh, whether they've been arrested simply for resisting arrest which shouldn't be a crime but apparently is like once they have that behind them it affects how we see them and how we treat them and how we interact with them and that in itself continues to break down relationships between us because you say, for instance, yeah, I am a woman. Let me, let me,
2: yeah, Before want to get, I want to make sure I get Sarah in, but because you said that, Christy, now you just sparked this for me. I remember a time, and I think we're moving away from it, but I remember a time coming up in this hip-hop era where not necessarily a woman seeked out somebody who had been in prison, but it wasn't a strike when we, when we break this back down to the idea of having relationships again and kind of moving away from the system aspect, even though we all agree, talking about maybe, in a sense, Fall out from that system, but let's get back into the relationship part of it. There was a period of time not only do are we in the independent era, but where sisters were, you know, in a sense, quote unquote, wanted to thug. Again, I think we're a little too old for that, but I remember that era.
4: It's still sisters I hear that think like that, and they I don't feel, understand. Yeah. <laughs> and it just doesn't make sense. And I, I say that all the time. You can't complain about there are no good men left when you are condoning everything that has our men. In the first place If you are condoning the behavior Where brothers are out here selling drugs Or killing each other Then you then you are condoning Mass incarceration And I, if you are Praising and gassing these kind of brothers up You're also telling the youth That this is how they should aspire to be And that is absolutely That's just wrong And I think that sisters they need to set some type of standards For themselves We all need to set some type of standards for ourselves Because these are not Good. These are not good role models for your children. These are not the type of brothers you want around around your children. I don't understand why these are the type of men that we want. I think that it's a protection thing. I think that women feel that these type of brothers are can protect them because they. Have yeah, I definitely that, understand
2: that. A lot of times women are in a sense looking for that security, um, but a lot right. of times, as you almost as you say, they are basically. Sisters do, and I hate to put it on y'all, but y'all have that much power. And, you know, when we come back, we want to get into some of that. But also definitely want to get into, because we didn't go into this with the independent aspect of what's out here with sister again. I think we bring some of that on, but I think we definitely gotta talk about where that concept comes from. So we're gonna to go to break when we come back, we're gonna get into this idea of independent women as well as independent women as well as the power that sisters hold. And I, I hate to put it on sisters, but that power is definitely there. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show live in Executive Cuts. But all I ask is that you think Ready, go.
0: Round, round, in it, love it. on it, my
8: rock, my rock, I woke up like this. I- to our career mothers, okay? Now, they say that the most educated group of people in America now is the black woman, and I love that. But so many of our sisters now have these careers and have these degrees, and now all of a sudden, they don't see value in the black man. They don't need a man. They don't want a man. And so a lot of them don't want families. They don't want to reproduce, or they wait until they're no longer fertile to try to reproduce and have complications in their pregnancies. Or they already have children, but they don't spend any time with them because they're always working. It used to be the man would be the one providing for the family, and the woman would stay home and teach and nurture the children. And together they would raise the children. Now children aren't being raised. They're just being maintained. Putting a roof over their head, feeding them and clothing them, that's maintaining a child like a pet. That's not raising them. You understand? And so that is one of the, that is a really big issue when it comes to the black family. And all of that came about from this feminism shit.
2: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Christy Gaynell, special guest on the line with us this morning is Sarah Lena. As we just heard, one of her famous cuts. If you jumped in from the beginning of the show, I told you Sarah Lena. In my opinion, is a Facebook superstar. I follow her closely. Recommend y'all follow her as well. And we just heard a cut from one of her videos. And the break started out with, in a sense, today's epitome. Uh, of, you know, of the independent woman. As you heard a cut from Beyonce, as she actually had um a feature speaking to the idea of feminism and then we just heard Cerenna's thoughts on feminism and I think that is appropriate as we said we want to get into this concept of being an independent woman and how difficult it is from, as, as I said, as a man, to consummate a relationship, knowing my role, it seems to be very difficult to consummate a relationship, in my personal opinion. But, Sarah, we'll let you come off first uh, off, of, off of hearing your piece. I know you didn't know what I was going to cut up, but I, I'm pretty sure that reminded you of, of where we should go this morning. So go ahead.
4: Okay, yes. I... Like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with sisters getting an education and having a job. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You should definitely be able to be, you know, self-sufficient. However, it has gotten to a point where sisters, like I said, they no longer want a man. They see no value in a man. They they think that they can do it all on their own. And some sisters can but when it comes to a family, when it comes to the children, children need the the. Coalition of a man and a woman to be raised. They need womanhood and manhood. Brothers need to have that that male role model because women can teach. They can they cannot teach a man a young a young man how to be a man. They can, they don't have that manhood. they don't have that masculinity. And as hard as we try to be strong, which which I think also is a problem because when you're independent like that, you can't show vulnerability. You can't show that you're hurt. You can't show that you need help. And so when sisters, young girls are seeing their mothers so strong all the time, showing no emotions, all they're doing is working, it brings that independent cycle to them as well. And so they have no idea how to react. When it comes to other brothers, they look at them, like I say, with no value, like they don't need them. There's nothing they can do for them except for sleep with them. And that's pretty much the only time that, a lot of these independent sisters can get along with the man is when we're sleeping with them. And then other than that, it's just like they're in competition with them.
2: We do want to open up the phone lines for anybody out there on the phone, so we want to get in, please press one while you're on the phone line. If you're listening online, give us a call at six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again that number six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. We actually got a call that wants to get in. Area code two zero six. Last three three five one. Give us your name, where you're calling us from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question.
1: I'm um, Lee from Seattle. Uh, I'm from down south though, so my mind says a lot different based on my life experience. I just wanted to first commend all y'all for doing a great job at bringing this dialogue, uh, especially Sarah Lena. I follow you closely Ryan appreciate it.
3: I you think family. it's very
1: important. <laughs> I'm kinda of nervous. Anyway, um no, you can take your time, that brother. That
2: we think... we 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 family brothers, so take your time, brother. I, I thank you for calling in too, but go ahead brother. Take your time. All
1: right, no doubt. I appreciate it. So I've been I've been on my journey too, just getting in this knowledge and I think it's very important for our people to recognize that uh institutions and plans have been set into motion that that's pent Violations and extinction of our people, including the King Afro Plan.
9: Um, what's that one?
2: I'm sorry. Including the what? Say it again, then. so I can help. you if I can help you out. They
9: got,
1: they got the King Afro Plan, um, and all these other ideas that that was put into place to annihilate black people. And I think we got to start educating our youth on the truth. Just so we can make more conscious decisions. I'm not saying do nothing drastic, because like Killer Mike was saying a couple of days ago, we can't go out there. We ain't been training on how to fish and how to be self-sufficient. So we gotta start at, 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 at infancy to raise our children, teaching them importance of loving themselves, teaching them importance of loving each other, and and build them. And us. Uh, and, and anyway, long story short, y'all keep doing what y'all doing. I just wanted to call represent and give a shout out to support. No.
2: I hey, appreciate you, brother, and, and let me and let me say this real quick before you go, um, and, and this is something to throw out there because that's what uh, we what do in Mental Dialogue is we, we challenge thoughts, and I appreciate you for the call. So one challenge I would throw out there for you, and uh, even, Sarah Lena, because you said it earlier as well, uh, with everything that we're having to deal with, and right now we're trying to talk about this basic unit of the male-female relationship, which, in my opinion, for everything that we're trying to figure out, survive, and progress through I feel that ultimately all of it's going to be for naught if we don't get this bare basic relationship fixed. But the one thing okay. I w- would ask for brothers and sisters to consider is, with everything that we're learning in our knowledge, I would actually throw out, take off the weight of we're trying. They're, they're trying to kill us and annihilate us. And that's a that's such a heavy weight on top of. Figuring out how to have a basic relationship and what and I the reason I'm giving you that perspective is because we understand that this hasn't happened to a lot of other groups uh, or if it has definitely not for as long as it's happened to us, so that I'm willing to speak to, but imagine if we're saying we we the other groups have their their levels of dysfunction as well, but ours is more based on our experience we're we're, we're going to try to figure out this basic relationship and worry about. All of us being annihilated. So I'm just I'm trying to take the weight off on that thought process, and, and just just for us to, again, how we're going to fix the basics. Because if all if if at the end of the day we're worrying about being annihilated, that's that's warrior mode completely, not relationship mode. That's completely warrior mode, in my opinion. So just a thought, just something have- I want to share with you. But, Go ahead, brother, please. So on. Go ahead.
1: You, thank you, sir, man. I appreciate you breaking out because all our voices are very vital in this, this state of village. I, I certainly agree. Not one of us, with 7 billion people in the world, not one of us got the absolute right answer. With that said, man, I appreciate it because that adds so much value to the dialogue. We got to uh, step out of the, the victim mentality. But I also believe we need to look at things from a holistic perspective. You know, there's um there's different um domains that we need experts in to teach different functions. I might have a, a lot of wisdom in the area, but we gotta start encouraging each other. Like as a day to day function, you know what I'm saying? I look at black Yo, at everybody, you know. I and, love and, it, brother. And, and, I love and, and that's all people, you know. And 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 that's what I dig about Martin Luther King when he talk about the kind and carrier. It only matter the history, but <laughs> on the day to day, how we interact with people, if you if we treat each other with general regards of respect, you know what I mean? So that's absolutely. And that's a start, brother. Oh, yeah,
2: a nah, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, you yeah, you got comfortable with us, man. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and let Sarah yeah, and um yo, Christy yo, get yo, in on, yo, on your I thoughts want, too, man. I want to get
1: my two cents, brother. Oh. Much love to y'all, man. Keep keep spreading that I hey, Appreciate
2: you for the call, brother. Now keep supporting the Middle Dollar Talk Show, man. We need people like you. Thanks again, brother. I'm gonna go ahead and let um Christy go ahead and I know she hadn't said anything. What any thoughts to uh, what Lee had to say or maybe even what I had to say?
4: Yeah, I agree with Leon on the point that we definitely need to keep um, loving ourselves and teaching teaching our children how to love themselves and love each other. Because I think ultimately, love is the, the solution. You know, and um, so much of that—that's what's been robbed from us—is we've been made to believe that we don't deserve and we're not worth and we don't have significant value. And so we 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 are frivolous with our lives and the lives of the people around us sometimes. So I think he's absolutely right in the sense that we do need to try to teach and instill this deep-rooted love for ourselves and for each other in our children and in ourselves.
2: Yeah, and and he spoke to the lack of, of respect or having that respect. And the reality is, if we're honest, there are, Areas, different spots, different communities in our own communities in which that respect seems to be lacking. And so it's almost as if we don't know how to lo- how to love. Sarah, I'll go, go ahead and get your thoughts right. on
4: that. Yes, I agree with that. It is – this is funny. Um, a few days ago, wherever I go now, actually I approach sisters with a smile and a compliment now, and sometimes i even try to hug them. I know it sounds a little creepy, obviously, because a sister – thought that I was hitting on her a few days ago because I was basically wow. just trying to show her love. And I'm like, no, sister, it's not like that. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just spreading the love. You know, it's not and and, and it's it's sad that we don't show each other love. Like I said, we see each other as competition now. Brothers when they walk past each other, they stazzing each other up, they don't know what the other one is thinking. Sisters, instead of us trying to look for something that we can compliment each other on, we look for a flaw any other one. If a brother genuinely compliments a sister, she's going to automatically assume he's trying to hit on her. You know, you can't just be. Well, he, well, he usually
2: you. is, Sarah. I mean.
4: <laughs> well, I mean. Wow. In some I'm, ways, I'm, in some I'm, cases, I'm I'm, I'm being also, a
2: little facetious. I'm being a little
3: facetious. Oh, now, okay. go ahead. I'm sorry.
4: In some cases, you're right. In some cases, they do. But every once in a while, you know, you're going to have a brother that's just genuinely showing love. And it's that right. to a point now where we. We, love is just it's so scarce. Like you don't see it that much. It's so rare. So when someone is genuinely showing love and trying to give you a compliment, then it's taken the wrong way. And we definitely need to learn. Oh how yeah, to this learn- happens.
2: I mean, yeah, I can say that quite often.
3: Um, and you know, it's interesting actually- that
4: you mentioned that because I I remember being in my twenties and I was so hardened towards. You know, the approaches of men that even when somebody gave me a compliment, I had a nasty attitude towards them. It, right? And I remember one day this man was like, uh, Hey, hey, sister, or something like that. And I just kind of gave him a dirty look, rolled my eyes, turned my head, and you know, whatever. And he goes, <laughs> I just wanted to tell you, I think you're really beautiful. I apologize that you don't know how to accept a compliment, but I didn't have any ill intentions towards you. And, you know, that just kind of softened my heart a little bit. And I'm glad that he kind of handled it that way instead of, you know, some other approaches that I've experienced under similar circumstances where their reaction was more (laughs) negative because my reaction was negative, you know, but I mean, a lot of us, Growing up, because you know, like he said, well, usually they are trying to hit on you, and that's that's the mentality that women often walk around with on a daily basis. So they have got this huge shield, you know, uh, barrier mm-hmm. against all of the what what we sometimes perceive as attacks that we don't even sometimes let in the compliments, the love, the the genuine. Yeah, and sincere, I mean, let me tell you this so I you want to, to make break your day as well.
2: Yeah, let me jump in real quick and say this because, like you said, it's beautiful how that man handled, was able to handle it. And but the thing is, I would even challenge brothers because you said more and more more times than not, you've had that negative experience. You know, even like you said, even though you were kind of coming off maybe a certain way that wasn't necessary, I would challenge my brothers that that does not give credence for us to react and maybe call a woman out of her name or something like that, because unfortunately quite often they are being hit on. So maybe you are being a nice guy that day. Um, And and, and I hate when a sister doesn't receive it, but I don't take it a step further and give her back what she's giving me, even if it's misplaced. So that's just something that I would challenge brothers with. We're going to go to a quick break and come back. We will get to the caller out there on the line. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, live in Executive Cuts. But All I ask is that you think.
0: Mango.
2: marcus Mosiah garvey once said the greatest weapon used against the negro is disorganization if you believe it is finally time to organize if you believe black people should have their own political party and understand the importance of block voting but more importantly understand and want to practice organized group economics then you need to join the one million conscious contributors and voters the founders of this organization hold firm to their belief that there are at least 1 million black people or two out of every 100 black persons in this country who have the best interests of black people collectively foremost in their mind are you one of the two if so please visit the 1 million conscious contributors and voters website at I am one ofthemillioncom and be sure to join them for their national convention in atlanta october 21st through the 23rd 2016 I am one of the million.com. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with Krista Dave Definitely check out the I am one of the com for the Million Conscious Contributors and Voter. They were actually out at the Mental Dialogue Live Experience over at Green Love Kitchen, if you are in the Atlanta area. If you missed it, Chris, you need to come out back out to our events. Man, there's nothing like it in the city. We had some stress-free painting and drawing and a discussion. So you missed out on that clean But, again, Million the Million Conscious Contributors and Voter, they were out. Highly recommend you check out their website. And if you can get to the convention next month, uh, definitely recommend that as well. But today's discussion question, Dear black man and woman, can't we just get along as we have special guest Sarah Lena on the line with us this morning? I had a caller that's been waiting, so we're going to go ahead and jump to the caller. Area code 240-3484. last Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question.
0: My okay. name's,
10: um, <clears throat> excuse me, my name's Black Gladiator. I'm calling from Washington, D.C. All right, Black
2: Gladiator, what's your three cents for us this morning? Um, my three
10: cents is basically, um, as far as the black man and the woman getting along or any man and woman to get along, I, I agree that they should get along if they have the right approach. Um, I noticed that when, um, women don't have, well, men don't have the right approach, they, uh, basically get disconnected from a female. And that's the whole thing about it is that basically, you know, we, we disconnect ourselves from, uh, People who we are attracted to and and uh, capable of um, being, um, how you say, compatible with, but we okay. lose interest. We lose interest in that because because uh, the things that's all surrounding our consciousness and our head. You know, if you have uh, something on your mind and you're trying like a fantasy about having sex with a woman, and you go up and approach her thinking you can connect with her and you can. Basically, reach out to this woman, and, and your fantasies will um, come to life. Well, that's that's a wrong way to approach a woman. So I I would just want to say I agree with the woman when she says it's all about how your approach is. You know, it's all about how how you approach a woman, and it's all about how you uh, conduct yourself and me- mentally, physically. No, I love it, man. That's uh,
2: that's that's a, that's, a, that's a strong that's that's strong black barrier. So thank you uh, for your three cents, I mean, and can uh, I mean, we're gonna and we're, yeah, no, yeah, please. I want you to jump in. I definitely do. I just um, did you had anything else, back there? I'm gonna let, I'm gonna go ahead and let you go and let them jump in on your thoughts. So I appreciate the uh, idea, man. Let's do it. Yeah, I got I got one last thing to say,
10: and that's okay. Then, okay, let, me let her basic. jump
2: in. Then go ahead, go ahead. Let yeah, we will let her, let Sarah jump in, and then we'll get your other thoughts. Go ahead, Sarah.
3: I just
4: want to peace, family. Um, I agree with what you just said about the approach, but I want to say, like, on behalf of some sisters, like I said, um. That word thirsty has really ruined a lot of sisters' approach when it comes to men. So it doesn't. make Sometimes, even if you do approach her in a in a decent way and being a gentleman and speaking to her, you know, kindly, she has this. A lot of sisters have this idea of the word thirsty. So mm-hmm. if you don't speak to her how she wants to be spoken to, just, just just even if you speak to her, you can absolutely say absolutely nothing to her. Just looking at her she will consider you to be thirsty. If you say, Good morning, how are you doing today? She might consider you thirsty. If you say, Hey chick with the fat, you know, fat butt mm-hmm. then she might smile at you and giggle. You know what I mean? A lot of us just we just have lost a lot of self respect for ourselves and we no longer know what a, a gentleman is anymore. So I agree that it is how you approach a woman, but the reality is some of us still don't even know how to handle a man approaching us in a decent way. But that yeah, being I'm glad you said, you attract yeah, what you hold on.
3: go
4: You attract what you are. So if you would, if you approach a woman as a gentleman and she thinks of you as thirsty, she's not for you. So just you know, keep moving and find yeah, the one problem. that is. You need to that's find problem. the one who's gonna respond to you according to what you're putting out there. So be grateful for the woman that looks at you and says she's thirsty because she, you're you she's not what you want. And then yeah. that gives you, that frees you, and gives you the opportunity to find the one who does have enough self worth and value to say, "Oh wow, this man knows how to approach a real woman, or you know the type of woman yeah. that I am," and and respond to you in kind.
2: Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, and the oh, third black, thing boy, one, Black she'll Lady, I know you had another thought.
4: Okay.
2: <laughs> I feel you, Black Lady. I think she had another thought. Go ahead, brother. Uh, yeah, I just want to say
10: that I agree with the lady and that most people are blinded by society standards right now, you know, so we, we we have to realize that society has created the standards for all of us to live on, but it doesn't, it doesn't basically benefit the whole. So a lot of people are blinded by society standards. And I, all I want to say is how you make love is how you live your life. You know, if you're loving a person and the person doesn't love you back, it's okay that you attract that, that energy because you know what? You ultimately dictate how people will treat you in life. You know, if you come up to them in a nice way, or you come up to if you come up to them in the right approach, then anything is possible. Whether you're thirsty, whether you're hungry or not, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just people blinded by society standards. That's all.
2: I'm a dating coach. All so right, brother. Know. Definitely. Thank you for your thoughts and thank you for your support of the Minute Dialogue Talk Show. Thanks for
10: having me.
2: Anybody else who wants to get, there's a lot of people on the line. If you want to get on, get in, just press 1. Let us know that you want to speak. If you're listening online, the number to get in on this morning's discussion question. Dear black man and woman, can't we just get along? Number is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. And so... Absolutely, I mean, the thing that you pointed out, Sarah, as I was listening to you speak on it, I think, and I was going to kind of say that some of what Christy said as far as you know maybe that person's not for someone like a black gladiator, but but when you speak on it, it also speaks to the level of dysfunctional now in the sense mm-hmm. how dysfunctional to a certain extent a lot of us have gotten that we won't receive the right approach because we have now come to learn uh these other ways that don't carry respect we actually re- have unfortunately learned to respect those as the right way. And so those relationships typically, when someone who gets into a relationship that doesn't carry a lot of respect, then I think that's where we get into seeing a lot of dysfunctional situations in our community because even though they may love each other in a lot of cases, like you said, if you're jumping up, hey, what's up with that fat ass, you know what I mean? Like if that's what's, if that works, I'm not surprised that that relationship once it conservates has a lot of dysfunction to it. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not surprised at all.
4: Okay. Yeah, that um, it does end up being because I mean, you can't really build a, a working relationship on a foundation of disrespect. At some point at the point at which people do recognize their value and their worth, then they start demanding the respect. And if you lead, if you begin with respect, they're not gonna they're not gonna open themselves up to oh now now you now you want me to respect you. I ain't changed. I'm not changing. I'm the same person I always am. And you're you know like well I've changed. So right. I know now what I'm worth. I need you to respect me. And that's a lot of times where relationships break down. Is as we grow in consciousness, at different rates, we sometimes can't. The relationship sometimes can't sustained, sustain the growth that we experience.
2: Yeah, you get absolutely right. I think unfortunately. Oh, go ahead, sir. No,
4: no, no you're fine. Go ahead.
2: And I was, I, what I was saying I was is, going to say that
4: I, I, I know that what she's saying is true because I experienced that myself. In a relationship I had years ago Where we When we first began our relationship We were teenagers And I did not have self-respect for myself I didn't, you know I was raised in a single parent home So I wasn't really sure How a man was supposed to treat a woman and You know, and so I just I just went with what I What I thought was love And as I grew older I realized that this is not love You can't talk to me this way I shouldn't I shouldn't be treated this way. I sh- you shouldn't allow me to treat you this way, you know. And so mm-hmm. as I evolved, he couldn't handle it. He couldn't. He didn't like the fact that I had self-respect for myself. Now I, wasn't, I was demanding respect. I was demanding love, you know, and not just attention, not just sex, but time and love. And, you know, and so, yeah, absolutely right. That relationship ended because of my growth. And so like, I just wanted to comment on that because I no, agree that's a strong completely. point
2: because I mean, yeah, it definitely happens in a lot of relationships. And what I was about, what I was going to say, which is similar to that situation, getting started. And, and and I've been a part of the same thing. So you know, in you know, as we come into wisdom, we always have to be careful to make sure we're not acting as if we've always had wisdom. Um, but you know, with but with that said, and again, I haven't, and I'm, you know, again, I'm was crying earlier in the show about not having a situation, so I don't want to pretend to be an expert. But one thing that I do know that's a part of this issue. is is the idea that we are consummating relationships even not just in teenagers but even as adults, quite often because of some of the things we spoke about earlier, we' are coming into relationships almost not as whole people we're coming in as two dysfunctional people trying to make it work because we ultimately. At a bare minimum, desire love, even if we don't know what that looks like. And even if it's somebody on the outside looking in, why would you stay in that situation without understanding that person doesn't know any better? But the thing is, and we're talking about can we just get along how do we even begin that healing process so that people can enter in relationships in, 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 a, in a whole manner? Because what we're left out here with is, in a sense, like the big blame game, and I want to get into some of that in the next hour. I think we've done beautifully this morning, has, in a sense, we've avoided blaming it you know, the blame game. But I do think we have to have some of that discussion because quite often when you hear these discussions, it's, well, the men do this or the women do this. And so I want to come back in the next hour and talk about some of the things I'm, I've am heard even from my my brothers who I consider real men that, in a sense, the difficulties that some of them have faced in their relationships, and I think is part of some of the things we're talking about this you know, this morning as well. So what I want to do is I want to go to a break, and when we come back, I want us to talk about the things that we're hearing amongst sisters or amongst the fellas, or maybe the conversations that only the men have or only the women have about trying to consummate a relationship in 2016. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, live in Executive Cuts. Well, all I ask is that you think.
4: Oh Richie, oh <laughs> okay, you okay. made me so happy. And you know what I do, and you
3: still want to see me? Yeah. Oh Richie, I think I'm
0: falling in love. I like it when you show what you want to see. I like it how you're
3: sharing <laughs> it all with me. Everything that I do. With I like it when you tell me how you really feel. I like it when you act like I ain't sitting here. I like how you be crying and lying in my face, getting loud and crowd in my face. I like it how you run in front of company. I love it how you never cook up something to eat. You always by my side in fair weather. Let you tell it never ever been with no other nigga. I like
8: has been the biggest destruction of the black family and one of the most detrimental things that could have ever happened to the black community, ever. And still today, black women are still hollering about equal rights when the unemployment rate for black men is at 18%. Black women are more likely to be hired by a job now than black men black women can get more student loans down than a black man a black woman that can not provide for her child financially can get assistance a black man that can not provide for his child financially is going to go to jail so sisters i'm not sure what we're hollering about when it comes to equal rights because it seems the black man is the one that doesn't have equal rights we have more privilege than him and what corporations do these black men own to tell you you can't have equal pay it's not the black man that you should be mad at sisters you got to look at it as a game of chess. Even though these white feminists say they hate their men, you got to know that they are still the mates of this white man. So they're going to protect that white king as they should in a game of chess. You should be protecting your black king. But see, they have infiltrated the black community by getting the black woman to turn her back on the black man.
2: Welcome back to the Metro Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Christy Gaynell, as we hear another strong cut from you. Again, definitely highly recommend that anybody out there listening, a special guest on the line with us today, Sarah Lena, highly recommend you look her up on Facebook. And I think that's a good place to start because I said before the break, um, I felt like to a certain extent the things that you were going back and forth with are the things that we hear and within our own community in trying to figure it out because, as I said before the break, ultimately most of us do desire to be in a relationship, but we also face with this blame game as well as, in my opinion, as, and as you just said, this infiltration of thought process, in my opinion, from the feminist movement that makes it even more difficult for us to consummate Relationships in our community. So, if I played the blame game, I would place a lot of blame in that arena um, to a certain extent. And so I'll let you speak to it yourself.
4: I, was, I don't like playing the blame game, but I definitely feel, like I said, that the feminist, feminism, it's a difference between womanism and feminism. But, feminism, from what I understand, most of the sisters that refer to themselves as feminists they holler about equal rights and they they blame everything on men if if something is going wrong in a family they blame it on men if something if a child is not raised properly they blame it on men and i feel like we don't take any blame for anything we just like for example like i said how the men don't own any corporations or anything to tell us that we can't have equal pay. Sisters will still holler about men having more pay than them. But what they fail to realize is that the unemployment rate for men is higher than it is for us sisters. And when that is, a, when that becomes an issue, like I said earlier, when women have the job and the men don't have the job, that puts us in a position as if we're better than you. We don't need you. And when you do that, you take the value of a man away from – you take the, the role of a man, or the value of the the role of the value of the man away from children. So when children are seeing men, they don't see any value in him. Young boys, they like, what's the purpose of me growing up to be a strong man if he can't protect, if he can't provide, if a woman is the one that's doing everything? A young girl looking at this is going to think, well, what's the purpose of me having a man if he can't protect, if he can't provide, if he can't do anything? If the woman is doing everything, what is the purpose of a man? And without a man... What people have to fail to realize is that the man is our protector. A black man is a black woman's protector. And when the, when the white man takes him out of the picture, you can do whatever you want with the world. You can do whatever you want. If you go into a bank and you take the security out of the bank, you can do whatever you want in the bank. You know what I mean? So we have to, we still need our man. No matter if we are capable of. Working for ourselves and providing for ourselves, we still need our men because without them, they can do whatever they want to us, and that's what they have been doing. You still,
2: you still, you still need us, Sarah. You still need us.
4: We definitely need y'all. <laughs> we need you all. Need <laughs> hey, us. I can
2: talk to you. I can talk to you every day, <laughs> Christy, Any yes. thoughts? We got a couple of calls on the line as well, so we're gonna get to the callers. But I'm gonna go ahead and let um Christy jump in on on some of these thoughts as well. Then we'll go to the callers.
4: Well, Montella, you you already know that I am not anti-feminism. But um, unlike Sarah, I, I don't think that the feminism movement was actually against the black man. I think the feminism movement was against the white man and that white women were trying to basically gain the same rights that we as black people were trying to gain, the right to, you know, work and live and exist. Outside of the rule, and uh, without being under the thumb of the white man, so um, I think that there probably are some people who misinterpreted that and applied it to black men as well, just because they thought it was like against men. But I don't think that was its intention or its purpose. I do think that there are other insidious. Things that have been done to try and manipulate and shift the way we perceive our black men and to also remove them from us, I just don't think –
6: I don't believe personally. Well, the
2: thing is, 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 and and to be fair to Sarah, because I've listened to her whole clips, I won't be able to play it for the show, but to be fair to her, um, I think – and I agree, and Christy, Christy, you know, you and I went back and forth about this very issue. So I agree with you, and I think, and I know from listening to Morcel that she agreed that that was, the, in a sense, the white woman's focus, in a sense, to gain that equality, in a sense, from the white man. I just hate, and I think she would agree with this as well, that we've somehow adopted it within our own culture as if that issue existed when we have always in a sense been fighting together to a certain extent or at least have needed to. There is now almost a gender battle that it actually is even putting more of a divide, and I think listening to some of that rhetoric, which should not apply to our community in my opinion, actually adds to that divide. Let's go ahead and go to the college real quick. Area code 314, last three, 600. I think this is Brother Pianchi out of St. Louis, so I'm going to go ahead and let you get started on your three cents. I got another caller, Brother, so I'm going to have to do you quick this morning.
5: Well, you know, this whole thing about the equal rights, uh, you know, this began early on in the early part of the last uh, 1900s. But Phyllis Slashley here in St. Louis, after they passed at the Congress, sent it to the states in 1972 and it was supposed to expire in 79 she waged a war against uh, the Equal Rights Amendment she said it would do exactly what people complain about today and that would be to uh, break up families and also bring in these homosexual uh, LGBT elements and that's exactly what it did when affirmative action came about the corporations would hire the black Female over the male because they would get two credits. They would get that of the female and also that of quote unquote a minority in the face of a black person. And that began to decay the family within black society. So there you have it. Let me ask you this real quick
2: before. No, no, no. Let me ask you this real quick. And this is so I can get a better understanding because I'm thinking a few people may be wondering, but thank you for that information. Um, But when you said, um, I guess this particular policy that you were talking about in 72. Uh, that somehow that policy brought in some of the elements you were speaking of. What was the policy asking for, just so that I can kind of connect that specifically, because I'm, I'm definitely aware of some of what you're talking about, but I, I want that clarification so that I better understand and the audience better understands. So what, well, in a sense, was it asking for that allowed for that? Uh, and I think I actually – let me. Ask, oh, no, go ahead, brother. Go ahead, let me let you answer that question. I'm sorry.
5: The legislation never did mention anything about the female it talked about sex the the sex of a, the don't uh, you, it's illegal to discriminate based on sex and uh okay i got that's you. What, I understand. one I, of the things that yeah, is talking about yeah
2: no i got it i definitely understand yep but thank you yeah and let me and make sure i have it right because yeah when you when you actually start like for example even coming off the mid-60s with the civil rights act and then you start getting the equal protection of the law aspect for, you know, at the time, specifically what was happening to African-Americans, but that law was later adopted other um, characteristics that, that in a sense, like a lot of times you'll see that, as you just said, even with affirmative action, a lot of times it started rewarding, um, in a sense, even the white woman per se, because she became a part of that, a part of that writing where originally it was focused on, the descendants of slaves, who were, you know, the descendants of slaves. It eventually became, was including everybody, and by it including everybody, it brought in these other elements. And actually, we didn't receive all the benefits. So, am I got that kind of wrapped up right before I go to the next caller? I just want to make sure I understand. Well,
5: yeah, you have it wrapped up kind of right. But see, it's a different, it's a different thing when you just, when you look at whites and blacks. White women always did have protection of a white man because they controlled everything. The attack was a further attack on the black male by the utilization Mm -hmm. of affirmative action to hire the woman away from the house, pull her away from the house under the pretense that you get in two things at one. You're not only hiring a female, which uh, everybody was, uh, you know, up in arms with, but you also who affirmative action was trying to apply to. So not a woman is not in the household. Got it. Got it. Appreciate you for the thoughts. Let me go
2: to the next caller. Thank you, brother. Area code 770-LAST-3889. Give us your name. Give us your, where you're calling from and your three cents on this morning's discussion question.
9: Good morning. Uh, mental Infinity calling from Atlanta. Uh, I got a All right, brother, what you got for us? Um, with regard to relationships, I think it's important that uh, – we enter into relationships not just seeking to find a mate, but also seeking to continue to work on ourselves. As we grow and evolve, what we attract and what we do in relationships will grow and evolve. Secondly, um, with the whole feminism thing, I think it's important that, and, and I'll say it like this, there is no equality between the genders. Um, we are equal complements, but there is no equality. We complement each other. Uh, part of, I think, what the, the issues are and why we don't get along or work as well as we should with each other is because we've lost those um, traditional communal or family values. So a mm-hmm. lot of what you're seeing is go for self. You know, um, I'll do this because it benefits me, and we're not looking long term. You know, in terms of, of when we get together, we make a family, and we build families and communities. So, just wanted to. Yeah, add I that agree. To
2: I agree with you one hundred percent. No, no, well, I thank you for that um, mental affinity. I mean, because because that, I think you're hitting it the nail on the head as far as how we mistakenly approach relationships now. In my opinion, but I know when I speak to. Like you said, to a certain extent, some of those traditional things that's beat up in today's times. In 2016, you know, you're you're holding on to things, and I'm sitting here going, "Look, the issue with every ism that exists is a is the issue of respect." And so, we absolutely need to teach more respect um, for of our boys toward our women. So, but if the respect is there, like you said, then we complement each other. So it is a mistake. To say that we're equal, in my opinion, I agree with you. Because when I say I need the woman, I need her because of what I don't have, and ultimately, there you go. I and ultimately, I love to say the black woman is God, and the reason being is because she can bring life. I could never do that. I could right. never do that. So I hold I hold her actually in a higher regard than myself. But to say I want to lead. And I would, or the bad word of I want you to submit, I'm beat up in 2016. Those words are bad words. So thank you for your thoughts, brother. We're actually going to go to another break. I definitely want to get um, Sarah and Christy's thoughts on some of what we just said in this, in this segment. So let's go to the quick break, and we'll be right back. Listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, live in Executive Cut. All I ask is that you think.
6: Ladies, have you ever gone into a wig store looking for a new look and had to settle on something that wasn't quite you? Girl, stop. Don't ever do that again. Instead, go to braidedwigs.com and get wigs for us by us. Not only do they have full lace braided wigs, but dreadlock wigs. Girl, they even got kinky twist wigs. These wigs look so natural, people won't believe it's a wig. Even after you tell them. I mean, if you tell them. Young, older, in between. BraidedWigs.com, high-quality, long-lasting, original hand-braided wig. Ship directly to your doorstep. Tell the Mental Dialogue sent you and receive a discount on your first wig. BraidedWigs.com. This is not your average wig company.
8: Okay? So the white feminism, it had absolutely nothing to do with us. It had everything to do with the white man not treating the white woman right. It had everything to do with the white woman not having the same equal rights as the white man. But the black man and black woman got their equal rights at the same time. So even though the white woman was telling the black woman that the black man had more rights and more privilege than them, in all actuality, the white woman had more privilege and more rights than both the black man and the black woman.
2: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, Well all I ask is that you think you just heard a cut from my special guest on the line with us this morning, Sarah Lena along with myself and my co-host Christy Gaynell, now. Sarah, I heard some of the thoughts from the last callers. I want to go ahead and let you kind of jump in. I'm pretty sure you have some thoughts. Again, we love the cuts. I'm cutting up from you again. I, I just love you. So anybody out there that <laughs> don't know, you need to follow Sarah Lena. She's, she's putting that information out there. I think they can, brand, they can band us together because the favorite thing she said today to me is she needs me, so I'm with that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, um, like the brother last caller said, um, we're not made to be equal. Like you said, we complement each other. We're made to balance each other, that masculine and that feminine energy. And I think that's another problem that um, that feminism brings about because sisters try so hard to do what men do and be like men, that they forget that they can do things that men can't do. It's nothing wrong with embracing your femininity. I think it's a problem when we feel like we have to be so strong and so masculine to the point where we feel like like being a woman isn't good enough when actually like you stated earlier um women we are very powerful our feminine energy is very powerful and so i think that we need to be more concerned with us you know i think that not trying to be masculine, but just be feminine. Let us balance each other. Brothers can do things that we can't do. We can do things that they can't do, and that is and what's more equal than balance. You know what I mean? So
0: it's right. not about
4: trying to be what they are. It's about being who we are and let them be who they are, and together we complement each other very well.
2: See, something, something me and my friends sit around when it's just us, and the, you know, just the fellows, and talk about this, this, this era of going through this independent. Again, like I say, not a place to blame. This is just a reality that we're faced with. And, and 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 again, I mentioned it earlier, it's it's very difficult for you as sisters. I hope y'all will speak to this aspect too, because there are a lot of boys out here that never grow up to be men as well. So that you know, that's something to speak to. But just from from my fellows that sit around them, you know, I guess you know every boy thinks they're a man. But I'm just saying for, for those who who want that responsibility of of leading a family per se. So one thing that we sit around and talk about all the time is. If 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 women actually saw how we treat each other as men, y'all don't want to be treated the way the way that we treat each other. I mean, I mean, even from just, I mean, I I mentored boys at at, at um at, a, at an after school program from kindergarten to fifth grade, you know, whatever. And sometimes we do make the distinctions like you can't do that to a little girl because the things that the two boys would do each other is terrible. I definitely would. You know what I'm saying? Whereas we may let some of that go with the two boys, I would never allow a little boy to do some of those things. That, that, and, and, and believe it or not, we play on sports teams. I mean, I mean, y'all know. Y'all take care of us. Y'all know how nasty we can be. So I'm just kind of pointing out and saying that ultimately for this concept of equality, sisters, y'all don't want to be treated the way we treat each other. And the thing is, (laughs) we want to have you in a special place. I'm sorry, go ahead.
4: The problem is that I think men confuse the word equality with same. We don't want to be treated the same as men. We want to be treated equal to men. So as a woman, yes, I would love a relationship where me and my spouse complement each other and we work together to build something that's better than either one of us individually. But as a woman who's a single mother trying to raise kids by myself, I want to be able to go out and provide for my children until I find that mate. I want to be able to get a job where I can make the same amount of pay that whatever man is working next to me doing the exact same thing is making. I want to be able to say if I go to medical school at the end of my degree, whatever it is, I can call myself doctor and not have to call myself nurse because of my gender. So it's not that I want to be treated the same as a man. I don't want a man to treat me like a man. I love mm-hmm. the fact that I'm a woman, but I want to be treated equal in the sense that for whatever things that I do that equivalent that are or equivalent to this man's to what this man is doing in the workforce. I'm not being paid less because of my gender. I'm not being treated as less because of my gender. If I get the same grades as you, if I get the same degree as you, if I get the same education as you, I should get the same title
6: as you. So that's what Thank
2: equality is. Okay, so go ahead, Christy. I'm sorry. Well, here it is. Here I it mean, is. That's what what I the mean, only thing I'm saying to you, Christy, I, it's nothing that you're saying that is wrong. But the only thing that I'm saying to you is I need you to understand and Sarah's kind of alluded to it, that's not your fight against me. Here's a reality, for example, it just no, came out. It. There's a report. Let me let me say this real quick and then I'll let you speak. I'm just saying just to kind of give you just a perspective. When I say it's not our fight, um she mentioned, you know, in a sense, generally speaking now, of course, we're preaching more ownership now in our community and that's a beautiful thing. But generally speaking, this idea of you going through that process and not getting the same pay as a, as a, I'm just saying that me as a black man or our community as black men, we have not been able to affect that because here's a reality that just came out from the Economic Policy Institute. Like right now, currently, the wage gap is as high as it was 40 years ago in 1979. Currently I'm talking about the wage gap between the races right now. Right. And the, the and the thing is, here, let me say this real quick. And, 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 the, and the wage gap between men, black men to white men, is much higher than than yours is to a white woman. It's much higher. But again, I get yes, women yes, are not paid the same as men. Women it's women just, women just women not our fight. That's all I'm saying to you. Not no, the fight between no, you and I agree me.
4: Go ahead. With you and that's the thing. I agree with you on that. And that's the problem is that men keep trying to make it as seem as if we as black women are fighting against black men. And that's not what feminism is. Feminism is not against black men. Feminism is against corporations. Feminism is, is people, is women fighting for the same rights that black men are fighting for. And we can't seem to understand why, as black men, you're fighting against us instead of fighting with us so that we can have the same rights and freedoms that you want. You're fighting for So I'm gonna, us I'm going to give you I'm going to give you
2: this why. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you one last why so that we don't yeah, I'm going to give you you actually you said you don't know why we do this. So I'm going to give you a simple why. We've been back and forth with this a million times. We won't take over the show with this, but the why that I'll give you and I've always challenged you to dig more into the history of feminism and and and, and you'll hear some of why I say what I'm saying and the why is the things that we're talking about today. Yes, it comes from a cycle. The the idea of even if independent Idea. Yes, it comes from the cycle of the fact that it it had to take place because you as I, as you as black women y'all are so powerful and so strong that in a sense, have have y'all pretty much have carried our community, partly because you've had to and you are capable, you are strong enough too. But we all three of us on here and anybody out there listening know not only is that the way it should be but it's, it's serving as a detriment to us. Well, all I'm telling you is when you understand the foundation of the feminist movement, whereas we can say for a while, she was trying to get equal rights and get the things that the white man wouldn't give her as the white woman. Well, if you get more into their history and when they, in a sense, accepted and added on you as black women, which came right at the time, some of the policies that for Brother Piyaki, when he called in and said, and around that time when it became, Kind of cool to be a victim in this in this country, and, then, and that concept literally, believe it or not, comes out of the Civil Rights Act. Was this perspective? Oh, they're giving this group something. So, whereas where, where, I initially said a lot of that was attended, but those things that the that we were in a sense fighting for, then they were in a sense going to create some type of set aside that originally was supposed to be for the people who had been damaged from day one, but we eventually included everyone. And so, the feminists who had been fighting for since the early 1900s, who didn't care nothing about our plight, adopted and added the sisters on and says, hey, this fight is yours too, and so you believe that it is a corporate fight. But they've been infiltrated to the extent that they love the fact that we're dysfunctional and not together. And without going into too much more history here, I I beg you to read the history and then you will understand why black men are adamantly against that movement. So let me have you jump in right now.
4: Um I I just wanna want, you know, Christy, I completely understand what you're saying as far as being you know, a single mother and wanting to, you know, have the same pay as a man for doing the same job as he has. But I just wanna state that when it comes to feminism when it comes to feminism, you have to ask ourselves where did this Family structure really come from How did it begin Because Africans or Melanated people in general Our family structure has usually always been intact. Without the influence Of white people We've always had a good family structure Where did this single parent Family structure come from They want it to be like this They want our sisters to be independent And have to work for themselves And so that is I mean, I'm not going against what you're saying. I completely understand, but I feel like I've always said the man should protect and provide and the sister should nurture and teach.
0: And like I said, I'm not
4: against women having jobs and getting an education, but we just have to ask ourselves, Where did this independent state of women working, being the sole provider for the family even come from? It came from them, just like the feminist movement comes from them. It all came from them. It That is not part of our culture at all. Now, I'm not saying that it is, but I'm saying when you live in a system that they've created where you find yourself in a situation based on their creation that you are a single mother. Like, I don't want to be a single mother. I'm not a single mother by choice, but because my circumstance has put me in such a situation where I am a single mother raising a child by myself, then I do need to have the same rights and the same freedom as any other person providing for a household not as a black person or as a woman as a head of household i need to be able to be paid equally and be able to have the same opportunities that any other head of household has and and when is, I, 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 all i'm I, I, saying I just to you, you is we're on your side with Hold
0: that. On. what no, no, i was just simply saying, saying we're absolutely like, we're
2: absolutely for you having equal pay but like, so
4: that, that like that's you, what I'm saying. You, you, that's what that's speaking against it. When you speak against it, it's like it sounds like you're speaking against us having the opportunity to have equal pay. I'm so clueless
2: because I make so much so clear. Like for example, when I give the example today of what the difference in pay just between black and white is, and so I, is told the, you, I, you I, I told you, I've told you every time. All I'm saying is, I've always told you, I've always told you that I was for equal pay, hundred percent. So when that, I tell you the things, saying, the, the, that that the other aspects that I'm the, against. It. Why does it sound like I'm against that part? Like, why do you keep making that argument when I clearly because say it that, over that, and over that, and over again? That,
4: that, that, there are families. Okay, like I said, families. I think, okay, right, we'll,
2: we'll table it. We'll hold table on, it because I, I definitely. Hold on.
4: Hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm a feminist. I don't argue for feminists. I'm not a racist. I'm a humanist. So my, my stance is that all people, humans. Should be treated equally. Not the same. We're not the same. I don't want to be treated the same as any other human because I'm an individual. But I do want to be treated equally to every other human because I am a human.
2: So if you if you hear that I don't want to treat you as a human, I've just told you you uh, You, I literally look at you as as a god because you. I can't do what you can do. And if I treat you as such, and you know how I treat you, I treat you how you want to be treated, but yet I make this stance. So again, I'm not necessarily saying you have it to agree with me. I'm just asking you here that nothing I'm saying has anything to do with you working a job and getting the same pay. I've never addressed that, but I have addressed the feminine who, who said they wanted to, to destroy marriage because we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're talking about these relationships between the black man and black woman. I have a hashtag that I love to push that says marriage before children. I think that's something that we need to figure out how to bring back. So I would love to get your thoughts when we come out, both of your thoughts, or when we come out of the break. Is that something that is necessary, first and foremost, and how do we do it if you do something that's necessary? You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show live in Executive Cuts. Well, all I ask is that you think.
0: Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to MangosCaribbeanRestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131.
1: Tell your mama hungry, papa hungry,
3: hungry. Mangos
0: Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine.
3: Oh, open up the door.
2: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with co host Christy Gaynell. Special guest on the line with us today is Sarah Lena. She's been giving us her, her beautiful insight on today's discussion question. Dear black man and woman, can't we just get along? And before the break I mentioned this idea of which we've been trying to figure out and talked about all the reasons in a sense why we're having in a sense more Dysfunction, because we kind of agreed earlier today that while all groups go through some certain levels of dysfunction in trying to consummate relationships, we are definitely faced with more issues specifically in this country as African Americans that lead to some of that dysfunction. Uh, but a hashtag that I'm a big believer in, I figure that I feel that we need to figure out a way to get back to it is a concept of of marriage before children, and, when it, and let me say this real to be clear. When I say marriage before children, I'm not even necessarily caught up in a piece of papers from the government, although. I do think there are tax benefits and breaks to it, so I don't, for the most part, if you're going to pick a lifelong partner necessarily, um, don't know why you wouldn't do it, but there there are definitely some family situations in which, you know, it's better not to do it or whatever. And, again, not trying to put a belief on anyone as much as I still conceptually would like to see our community start striving for ensuring I found someone that I think can raise my next generation. I just think that level of thought process will help us to a certain extent be more cognizant of who we're laying down with or who we're having children with. So I wanted to get both of your thoughts on that. We'll start with you, Sarah.
4: I think we definitely, even like you said, even without the marriage, the piece of paper, we need to get to know that we are laying down with before we just lay down with them. We need to understand their ethics, their morals, their ambition, their goals, how they make us feel, and not just like about them what society tells us we should like about them, which is their looks and their money. And it takes a longer time. People will say, oh, you'll know somebody when you've been with them for like three months. It takes so much longer than just three months to get to know somebody. And I think that's one of the issues with, with a lot of us is that we are so quick to jump into bed with someone that we barely know. And then when we end up in a situation where we're raising a child on our own or just, and I'm not saying that, you know, that's the situation all of the time, but it's too common for us to ignore. So we really need to, I feel like we should definitely get to know the person we are in a relationship, relationship with before we take that step with them to lay down and have unprotected sex with them. Because if you don't know them and you have children with them and then They end up being something that you didn't think, or or whatever. Now you're left to raise a child on your own, or now you might end up with a crazy mother of your children, and she doesn't want you to be around your child because of whatever reason. You know what I mean? And so I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. We definitely need to take the time to get to know each other first.
2: And adults, Christy on my hashtag, marriage before children. I, don't think, I actually don't think I know how you feel about this one. I know I use it a lot, but I don't know if we've ever had this one on the show. I don't know if we ever went back and forth on this one. Maybe we have, but go ahead, Chris.
4: Well, I mean, I I wrote the book, Condoms Are Cheaper Than Child Being. That's a little bit indicative of where I stand. I definitely think that marriage is important, um, I mean, and I, I agree. Like when when I was younger, I, I got I got married before I had kids, and when I was younger, I definitely believed in marriage and the paper and the whole nine. Um, now I understand as an older person that marriage doesn't have to be a piece of paper, but I definitely agree that people should get to know each other before they have children together, and and not just on a surface level, but on a very in depth level. You want to know like like the mindset of the person. You want to know the spiritual beliefs of the person because this person is going to be raising your children. If you have different spiritual beliefs then there's, there's going to be conflicts there um, as well. You want to know like the polit- – I mean, you just want to know if you care at all about what your children are going to grow up to be like as people, then you want to know the person that's
0: pro-
4: um, procreating with you. <laughs> because that person is going to influence your children both genetically and and influence them personally through their physical presence. So it's amazing, you know, like a lot of times we don't even realize how much of who we are as people is inherently in us through our genetics until we see these little people come out of us and have the exact same quirks and personality traits that you thought of you know this person just adopted, but now you might have like especially like I think single mothers probably see a lot where you know they they thought that some traits were just adopted, but then they have a child who may have never even been around the other parent and still showing these same traits that the parent had because it's genetic it's inherent in who that is that person is, so you definitely want to get to know.
6: The person that you're having children with before right. having children. You want, so, so as we, as the
2: three of us, so as as we talk about this, and I say this is a hashtag that I love to try to push per se, and I wrote a couple pieces on it. But marriage before children. So on this show, all three of us are agreeing. Definitely, should get to know the person, or whatever. But the reality is, unfortunately, that's not happening in our community. So, any thoughts on? how to, to bring it back because, you know, you can't really say to anybody, well, you should get to know the person before you have a child with them. And everybody would say yes. People of all ages, not just teenagers, because here's a, here's a, here's a you know, if you listen to Fox News, you think we're having all the babies at teenage years or whatever, but the reality is most babies for all groups are had at the, in the ages of 20, you know, for us as African-Americans. So, but what's happening specifically for us in the African-American community is, you know, sisters sometimes by choice, but either way, they're ending up with their child in their 20s without getting to know that person to the degree that you suggested, Sarah um, Lena. And so that's still happening, and it happens with 30-year-olds, it with 40-year-olds, you know, you know, men having, you know, another baby over here, another baby over there, whatever. And so when I even pose the concept of marriage before children, and and I have people that have beat me up and says, you know that 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 hashtag is is, is too simple or like, uh, or it doesn't apply to these days And usually when I'm hearing the people that are against it the most, uh um, quite often it's feminists who don't who 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 argue about the concept of what marriage means today. So that's usually who it is. But even not the feminists that argue with me in that sense. I and mean, then Christy, she hasn't never made that argument, so I don't want to put you in that boat, Christy. But but for even those who are understand. not in a sense in that, yeah, I guess yeah, it's fair enough. Fair enough. Exactly. I just want to make sure you didn't think I was putting you in that boat, because I don't. But with that said, even the, the other people, not the not those particularly those feminists who are against the concept of marriage when they see my my hashtag. But the other aspect is. You know, there's this number that we all know. 72% of our children are born out of wedlock, and, and and there's a lot of things that fall from that that are not favorable for our community. So when I go to address that issue and I say, and I've done a YouTube on this about the importance of marriage before children, and so people will come to me and they challenge me all the time saying, that's not a marriage is not going to be a fix-all with those issues. And I'm like, well, I believe you can teach a young person no matter what, Don't have children before you're married. I'm not saying that a young person is automatically going to get it, but I'm just saying the way that we're carrying on right now without the examples. We started the show talking about the reason we're having these issues within relationships is because we're not getting it naturally from two parent homes. So when we start from that place, in my opinion, the only way to reverse it is to start speaking to it. And even a 13-year-old, you can say to a 13-year-old, you know, if and when you decide to have children in the future, don't you want the best for your child? I think even if you're a single parent, you can say, this could have been a lot different had I done it with a mate here. I think a child can understand that. I believe some children will get that. So we'll start with you, Sarah. We've got a caller on the line as well, but I'll let you respond, and then we'll go to the caller.
4: I think another way that we can reverse this is if we stop supporting these television shows and this music that promote this type of behavior. Like, for example, when you look at the propaganda and you see how we're portrayed. We're always portrayed in a negative way. Our relationships are always portrayed in a negative way. Our families are always portrayed in a negative way. If you remember the show, the Cosby show, if you remember Cliff and Claire Huxtable, you wanted that family. You wanted that lifestyle. You wanted the the man and the woman in the household with the children. Not just one or two, but like a bunch of children. You know, we wanted that. But now when you look at us on television, we're always fighting, we're always fussing, the dysfunctional family, if it is a family. It's usually just a mother with her children. She's abusive or the father is abusive to her. They can't get along. You know what I mean? And then you have these songs, this music that we listen to, which it really affects how, the way we think and our emotions and the way we behave in such a huge way, and I think people underestimate that. And so when the lyrics are, are demeaning and degrading to sisters and they are demonizing men, then we're going to see each other in, that, in a in a negative way. But if they're also over-sexualizing over sisters, then that's the only thing that brothers are going to see women for. That's the only thing that they're going to value them for is sex. And so that's why I think that if we stop supporting some of this music and some of the television shows that only show us in a negative way, that over-sexualize women, and we're basically the only time we can get along is in the dead, then I think that that would have a huge effect as well. Because that is a lot of where a, a lot of our children are being raised by the television. And so when they see that... Yeah, without question. Hmm? Yeah, so no, when absolutely. they see that...
2: Meeting, they, yeah, but yeah, so, go ahead, I'm sorry.
4: See that, and so they think, okay, so we should go ahead and if we have sex, I'll get along with him, I'll get attention from him, I'll get love from him, and then they mess around, end up pregnant, and now then where do they go from there? You know what I mean? And so obviously television is the one that's raising them. They don't even know anything about you know how to raise a child because they aren't being properly raised themselves. You know, and it's just a never-ending cycle of this of this mess. You know, and so like I said, definitely that's one thing. Like you said, we can talk to them all we want, but I feel like until this this media and this this crap that we listen to on the radio is is no longer supported. Is it once we're not listening to that anymore, I think that it will it will help us in a tremendous way.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I mean it's so powerful. Probably. And all I, and all I'm suggest all I'm suggesting I, though is Unfortunately I think they're, they're they're getting that powerful message unfortunately from the TV and from this music like again that doesn't support real relationships I'm saying they're we're letting them float in the world without even trying to negate it and so it's just a thought to at least attempt to talk in, in you know from a standpoint because then you know you don't hear you don't hear love music in the music today there's no love music about you know the relationship or anything like that let me go ahead and go to the caller real quick Oh. Area code six seven eight last three zero zero one. Give us your name, where you're calling from and give us your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Gotta be quick. Got about a minute if we can keep it keep it short. Get okay. into the show. Sorry about that.
11: Oh, that's okay. Good morning. Um my name is Deborah Mitchell. I'm calling from Atlanta, Georgia. And uh good mental dialogue that we had in um uh, Lithonia last night, uh Mr. Montoya Smith. Um yes, Thank you very wanted- much. You're welcome. What I wanted to say, um, getting back to the original question, um, why um, women of color and um, men of color are having difficulties, um, is because um, now, of course, I can't speak for all uh, women and all, and, you know, speak towards all men, but uh, there is a pressure um, that I feel um, in my relationships to lower my values and to lower my standards and to engage, let's Mm -hmm. say, in a sexual relationship way before I'm ready to. And then also there's Mm -hmm. also this pressure to move in. You know, they want to move into, you know, what we call um, shacking up relationships. And I'm a a traditional woman and I feel – you know that this is this is um, undue pressure, and this is one of the reasons why we're having problems in our relationships. Because when you said, um, Montoya, you mentioned you said uh, that um, marriage is a piece of paper. Well, maybe um, I don't know how you if you really meant that, but to me, uh, marriage is more than a, um, just a piece of paper. And what that piece of paper rep- supposed to represent is a commitment. You made a decision to make a commitment to a um, to an individual, and commitment today seems to be sort of like a, a dirty word because people. No, are I respect in- that.
2: Now, thank you for your thoughts, sister. Like I said, I want to get to. I got to get some closing thoughts, and I got to get the show closed. Right. So definitely appreciate you. I will say to you before you go. Um, no, you didn't hear that correctly. I just said, I said, I said, I'm not so much finding that the piece of paper is most important when people choose a lifelong import, lifelong partner. So, no, I wasn't saying it was just a piece of paper, just so that you know. But thank you for the call. Right, morning. of
11: course. Yeah, of course. I yep, I thank you for the call. Yep, I got to let you
2: go, sister. Sorry about that.
11: Okay. All right.
2: But uh, – Yeah, I need to go to my very last breakout, so we're going to go to the break, and I want to get both of your closing thoughts on this morning's discussion. As I've said and promoted on this show, the end of the show, you're going to hear a solution to a lot of the police brutality. As I said at the beginning of the show, we chose not to do that show today, but we did open, um, you know, basically giving some moments of silence to Hashtag Terrence Crutcher, Keith Lamont Scott, Tyree King, the latest um, victims of police brutality So we want to get that ending So let me go to this very last break When we come back We'll hear the closing thoughts from Christy As well as our special guest, Carolina.
6: For details to become a sponsor of Mental Dialogue visit Facebook at Mental Dialogue or call Montoya Smith at 404-604-9477. That's 404-604-9477. Mental Dialogue, where all I ask is that you think, that you think, that you think.
3: Nine, right? And I still love rap music. I love rap music, man. You know, I love it, but I'm tired of defending it, because you've got to defend rap music, man, because people always go, that's not music, that's not art, that's garbage. How can you listen to that garbage? How can you listen to that trash? And in the old days, it was easy to defend rap music. It was easy to defend it on an intellectual level. You can break it down intellectually while Grandmaster Flash was art, while Run DMC was art, while Houdini was art and music. You can break it down intellectually, okay? And I love all the rappers today, but it's hard to defend this shit. It's hard, man. It's hard to defend I got holes in different areas, calls. <laughs>
2: Ain't hey, that what you saying, Sarah? That's how we, they, they rap now, right? About, about absolutely <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. nothing, right? Yes. <laughs>
3: That's
2: Yeah, we cannot dismiss. Uh, we've done the total two hours, but you cannot dismiss. Unfortunately, um, I've always thought about this, and I'm a hip hop head. I love. I'm I, like Chris Rock said. I, I, I love the music but it does become harder to defend. And the reality is in loving the music, I also must own as a man that there is a reality to the fact that I say this all the time, how can that be the only music you hear? And that's what kids listen to, just that kind of music. How can you ever listen to rap music constantly and ever have a of how of love? Music is a universal language that usually helps aid to relationships and we have music that you hear this messaging all of your life. This is no wonder that we're not consummating real relationships and marriages in my opinion, but if you will, um, Sarah, I'm going to let you give your closing thoughts and Christy give some closing thoughts. And again, I want to close the show with what I consider a solution to a lot of the police brutality things. So, um, Sarah, well, thank you for coming on this morning. Please give your closing thoughts as well as any contact information for people, how people can follow you uh, um, as well. So, go ahead, Sarah, any closing thoughts on today's discussion question?
4: Yes, my closing thoughts, brotherss and sisters is that we must understand that we have all been hurt both the black man and the black woman. We have all been conditioned to devalue and hate each other, and all of this is done by a system that wants us destroyed, and so we need to come together because there's no no one else is going to have our back if we don't have each other's back, and one of us cannot exist without the other, so we need to love each other, we need to support each other, we need to value each other and continue to work together to raise our children together, okay? And just that's it. Just spread the love. That's, that's all we have to do, and just stop hating each other and degrading and, and demeaning each other because they're doing that enough without our help. They don't need our help to demonize ourselves, okay? And hey, I love my, it. How do people get in contact
2: with you, Sarah? Um,
4: Sarah Lena, um, my name on on social media, Facebook, Twitter. And YouTube, Saralena,
2: S-A-R-A-L-E-N-A. That sounds good. All right, Christy, you got a little over a minute. So, any closing thoughts on today's discussion before we go to the closing of this this morning show?
4: Absolutely, I just want to close with a potential. Well, I see as a potential solution to like improving relations between men and women, and that's for a single mother, single parent. If you're a single parent, try to find some good role models and good examples to expose your kids to of people in working relationships and find mentors of the opposite gender to help support and teach your child how to be, you know, the best person of that gender that they can be and encourage them. don't, Don't always feel like you have to be strong. Tell them how hard it is. Tell them how difficult it is to be a single parent so that they don't feel inspired and encouraged to go out and repeat that process but that they may try to work harder to make sure that they have a partner in their life when they start a family of their
2: own. Hey, I love it. You're listening to the mental dialogue talk show live in executive cuts with all our is that you think. For anybody out there looking for an answer, in my opinion, this comes from a brother book, goes by the name of Arch Duke. Listen to this closing spoken word piece. And it speaks to a lot of – it's not even necessarily a spoken word piece, but it just kind of speaks on how to stop the violence in our community. I think it's definitely worthy of a listen. And if you want to get some feedback, hit me up on the Mental Dialogue Facebook page. I look forward to to getting your thoughts. All right, we'll see you all next Saturday, same time. Mental Dialogue, all I ask is that you think.
12: What's good? My name is Charity Croft. Alton Sterling and Philando Castile were not murdered because they were black. Please don't turn this video off, this is not all lives matter bullshit. I promise you will completely understand me and maybe even agree with me by the end of this video and at that point you will be able to truly create change in this world. This is a butterfly. This is a spider. If you saw these two bugs in your house, which one would you kill and which one would you set free? The answer is obvious so we won't waste time on that. Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, Tamir Rice, Eric Garner and the countless other black people that have died at the hands of law enforcement were not killed because they were black. They were killed because in our culture we view most black people as spiders. Something to fear, something to be afraid of, something that will hurt you, something poisonous, something to be exterminated in order for it to avoid doing harm to you. That being said, none of these methods that we're talking about on social media to fix our problems will work. There is no need to riot in the streets. There is no need to protest. There is no need to demand justice. All of that is useless. Even if we were able to convict every officer that murdered an unarmed black man and then fire our entire police force and then fire our entire national government, that still wouldn't change anything. We as a society would still view black people as spiders. So that means that when we rehire an entirely new police force and then rehire an entirely new government, the new people would just get their jobs and start right back up killing black people. That's because we are not dealing with a systemic issue. We are dealing with a mental issue. It doesn't matter who is in that uniform or who is in that White House, because they would still think that niggas is spiders. Even niggas think niggas are spiders. I live in the middle of the hood in Gary, Indiana, right here in the real world where this shit is happening. Anybody that has a grandma or even regular parents in this type of community knows that when them dudes is posted up outside just chilling, not hurting nobody, but they got on a white t-shirt and sagging pants and hella jewelry on. Yo mama looking out the window like, what these niggas on? they better not try to run in my house and take none of my shit. They could literally be standing there discussing particle physics. It doesn't matter because even our mothers think we are criminals. I'm 25 years old, I've been to plenty parties. The black security guards act just as crazy as the white security guards. How many times have you seen security literally throwing and tackling dudes? This don't have shit to do with race. This has to do with the fact that our entire American society, including black people, views the young black man in a hoodie as a threat. So what can we do to change this? We start by taking off the mask. This is how I look on a regular day. No shirt and tie, hella jewelry on, tattoos, daddy hat. Although in my educational videos, I put on this kind, proper voice and talk to you guys about science. We black people do that shit as a survival method. If you used to see me on a regular day with this camera off and I'm talking to my friends, you might hear me like, Hey, what's good, nigga? Y'all finna fade that party? Hell yeah, we finna be in that bitch, nigga. We gonna turn that hoe up, nigga. I'm on God. That's me in real life. I'm sure many of my white fans are shocked that I could even speak in such a manner. Like, wow, after seeing your in-depth political analysis on Donald Trump, I wouldn't imagine that you'd mangle the English language like that. Why would you even limit yourself? It's not limited, nigga. That's how niggas talk. We put that proper voice on so we can eat out here, bruh. Imagine if President Obama decided that from now on to the election in November, he was going to wear sagging jeans, a black hoodie, and a gold grill to every meeting, interview, and press conference. Imagine how that would literally change the face of our society. At first, it'll appear like he's dressing like a thug, but once he realizes that that might just be who he is and he ends up doing his greatest work yet while wearing that outfit, then what we once thought was the appearance of a thug is now the appearance of a president. The president. The leader of the free world. Suddenly, spiders become humans. We black people need to realize that the more that we put on our suit and tie and proper voice and try to assimilate to mainstream society, we are helping pull the trigger on another black life. We're helping the world divide us into good Negroes and bad Negroes, the almost humans and the spiders. We must be our full black selves 100% of the time so the world knows that there is no such thing as he looks like a criminal. You know why? Because we're all wearing hoodies and we all speak in slang, yet we still carry in this entire nation on our backs. Many of us are what you Americans would call spiders. And guess what? We live amongst you, and we work with you at your jobs, wearing butterfly costumes. We change the way we speak, walk, and act, also so that we will not be killed. Ironically, that has a lot to do with why we're being killed. You're afraid of us, America, and you taught us how to be afraid of each other. Yes, it is true that black people kill black people at a higher rate than white people or the police kill black people. But you know why, America? It's because you enslaved us for 400 years. And once we were free, you threw us in the ghetto with no money and no power. And you made us obsessed with money and power. And so we kill each other for that money and power. And as a result, you think we are the scum of the earth. So even you kill us, never once realizing that you engineered us to be scum. But we were not born spiders. You turned us into that. This country does not need another riot. This country does not need another war. This country needs a brain transplant. White people, yellow people, red people, and even black people need to realize that all black people are human. Black people need to build up our communities as other races do and become self-sufficient and peaceful so that we aren't killing each other for resources and that we don't need to depend on mainstream society. We need to turn every hood into a village. We need to turn every ghetto into Timbuktu and genuinely treat every human with love while supporting our own. America, I am a 25-year-old black man. I am extraordinarily intelligent with a near-genius IQ, and I'm a hood nigga. But that doesn't make me dangerous. I will not hurt you. Please don't hurt me. I love you.
2: One question. you listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think.